0: Hi, welcome today on Ask a Pastor. I'm joined by uh, Kay Warhite, who's part of our ministry team at our Butler County campus. She leads the women's ministries there. And uh, Kay, welcome. We're glad to have you be a part of this today. And Thank you. this is some content that we put together uh, weekly just uh, in response to questions that are sent in uh, largely from people uh, inside and beyond Orchard Hill. And so if you have questions, you can send them to Ask a Pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Dot com. So Kay, we're going to jump in, and these are a couple long, longer questions and fairly personal. Uh, I would say they're not overly um, theological in a sense, but yet they're very practical in terms okay. of some people's concerns. So the first is this, my 20-year-old niece is dangerously obese. I have tried talking to my sister about it, but I'm not very good at conflict, and I don't want to be messing in something that isn't my business. Do you have any suggestions for how to talk about a difficult issue without ruffling too many feathers? Our family doesn't handle conflict well.
1: Dangerously obese is, is scary. And if that's your niece, I can understand the fear. I don't care how old you are, whether you're two or 92, no woman likes to be told they need to change or they have a weight issue. So she's wise in not wanting to confront it. Um, And I I just read with another woman, Made to Crave, and it is a book not just about dieting, but it's an understanding that we were born to crave. And so to maybe get into her niece's world to understand, does she not feel accepted? Does she not feel loved? Is she on social media seeing other people are living better and she's eating? Or maybe she simply really is addicted to some of the foods that she started out to, to eat when she was very young. I think it's, it's very hard to talk to anyone and yet it is a real pain to see someone you love maybe not be able to live the way that God intended or to be able to move about or to just, you know, fear that uh, early onset diabetes, some of these things are an issue. My, my thought is that we don't, we're not supposed to test God, but we don't test his creativity. We don't look to see God. What is it that I can do as an aunt? How can I reach out to her? What is it that maybe she's lacking? Do I, could I spend more time with her? Could I read a book with her that's not necessarily made to crave, but just to spend time to see, you know, you're worthwhile and you are loved and you don't have to spend all your time eating. I think God is much more creative than we allow him to be and and again i'm always referring to james 5:16, part b where it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man are you praying that god give me the words to say to her are you praying that she'll stop eating a fervent prayer would be god whatever it takes for my niece to find you and that is a scary prayer she might have to go to the hospital she might be uh, to the point where she can't function but let me be there praying for her and ultimately let her find you that should be more your prayer than what can we do about her weight because i don't think any woman i know personally i know i'm an expert on gaining weight but i'm not an expert i can't tell anybody personally how anybody else can lose weight i know what i need to do but if someone really loves me uh, and cares about me they spend time and if I find out they've been praying, that means more to me. And then how can I be worthy of your prayers? What can I do to, to pray for you? So maybe it is a spiritual issue. Um, I, I kind of believe it is with a lot of the overeating in this country. But it also could be a simple addiction.
0: So, so your basic advice is not necessarily to confront directly, but instead to love on her sideways to try to help address maybe a core issue. Say a little more about, you just made a statement. You said, I think a lot of overeating is a spiritual issue. Explain that statement and help uh, somebody who's thinking about that. Even, you know, somebody who says, this is my niece to understand that and why maybe the answer isn't direct confrontation, but it's it's addressing the spiritual side of something. Well, I
1: had read that years ago that a nation that and it it doesn't take much to look around. We do have I mean, because you you watch on the news, the problems with early onset diabetes or uh, arthritis in young children, that even sometimes family gatherings, it's all about the dessert or whatever. So we we get in the habit, but a nation that is overweight, and I can't remember, I'm sorry, who made the quote, is a nation that's spiritually hungry. In other words, we're craving love, we're craving attention. And even myself, I'll go, I'll spend a a long day shopping for my family, grocery shopping, preparing meals, I go to the checkout, I deserve a candy bar. None of us deserves a candy bar, but it's, it's a way of saying, if somebody else doesn't love me, I'll love myself. And to not know that God never intended us to use our bodies to uh, live to eat, but rather to eat to live. And we've switched it around, and it's, and again, made to crave. is what can I do to plan my day around you, God? How can I show you I respect this one time on earth, this one body you've given me? I think it's, I think no matter how old you are, it's, it's a good question to plan. What is it I'm doing for you, Lord? Not just my words, my Bible study but what I'm eating, and that is absent when you don't think that God loves you or God cares about you.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here's a, another question. This is, my husband watches sports all the time, and all the time is in all caps. Uh, it drives me crazy. I try to be a supportive wife, but I don't understand why sports are so important to men. Who cares? The outcome of the games has zero bearing on reality of our lives. It seems a huge waste of time. Also, in your opinion, who's a better basketball player, (laughs) LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I assume that that's in jest at the end, Uh, although we would be interested in your opinion on that.
1: Well, I just don't think it's fair. LeBron James has all the records. Um, He's fourth all-time scoring, but Michael Jordan lived in a day and age when that equipment wasn't there. The tennis shoes weren't high-tech. I think it was raw physical talent So, to Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I did not understand the value of sports until I had sons. And I went, rode my horse to school when I was young, and we didn't have any girls' teams. There, was, there, was no, there were no athletic sports teams. We had cheerleading or drill team, and there was competition. But until I had sons, I didn't understand the value of understanding teamwork, uh, perseverance, Allowing uh, yourself to be coached, to have somebody else outside your family tell you. Now, that's one thing. When your husband is in all caps, you know, sports all the time, that's hard. And yet, I think again, as wives, we can be creative. And my husband loves sports. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm I'm not that knowledgeable in sports. Le- LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I had to look that stuff up, but. I do find I love to sew, I love to read, and my husband says I love to nap. And there are times when he'll be watching a game, he just wants me there. He doesn't want me in the other room, even though I'm not aware, but I'm even surprised myself how I've become interested in, did you just see what he did, or an instant replay. Now, again, I don't know to what level, and that would be hard, but maybe if your husband sees that you're interested and sitting with him and in sports asking questions not during the game during the commercials that there might be an opening that he would want to spend or it's just opening up a dialogue that you didn't have before because you're resentful of the time that he spends I'm not sure that's a yeah all wrong cure
0: well it's a obviously without knowing the particulars of a situation right. to speak generally to it's a little right. dangerous because right. what all the time is to one person may Be really moderate to somebody else right right. Uh, so 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 that part of it's hard what what I think I would say is is two things one try to be interested in what your spouse is interested Mm -hmm. in that's never a bad thing right that doesn't mean you have to enjoy it to the degree they enjoy it it doesn't mean that you have to spend as much time on it as they do but to simply throw up your hands and say I'm not interested in anything you're interested in here is uh, it, it creates Rejection. a roadblock mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It creates a sense in which um, this is my thing, it's not your thing, and we have no, so, so try to at least at some level say, I'm going to enjoy some of it with you. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's fair, this would be the second thing, to gently challenge the amount of time that anybody spends on something. If you're a spouse, part of I think your role is to be a person who can hold up a mirror To your spouse and say is this the best way that you spend your time and tv on a whole is probably not a great use of time whether it's sports netflix uh you know broadcast tv news and and so anybody who is spending a lot of time in any of those i think if you're a spouse to hold up a mirror and say you know what happens when you spend three hours on the sofa Um, you're not working out, you're not reinvesting in relationships, you're not growing, you're not reading, you're not thinking, you're not becoming who I know God made you to be. Now, obviously, anytime you hold up a mirror like that, you have to be gentle and probably think through how you do it. But but that's probably the other thing I would say is there's a time to say, um, you know, how about I watch this with you? And then we go do this. Or yeah. how about, you know, but again, it's hard to say without understanding all the particulars. Well,
1: and I think too, if sometimes men have very, very stressful jobs, women do too, but I have seen men just, they, they have to veg. Their, yeah. their job is so stressful that sitting in front of a, a sports or, you know, some, some program, they just, you know, yeah. de-stress. And, and like you said, that might be a factor too what is it that's causing him to want to spend or what is he de-stressing or avoiding
0: right well and and yeah and again there's some amount that's legitimate just like any tv or any recreation and then there's a point where it becomes and so i would probably also say check your own perceptions on that um and and by that i'm not sure how to do that best because if you present it in certain ways you can get all your friends to say oh yeah that's way over the top um, right. or something. But, but there is, there's probably a, an amount of TV that's reasonable and then an amount that ceases to be. Yeah. And trying to discern, is this a reasonable amount of sports watching versus not um, is probably helpful because sometimes our perceptions are so strongly held that we don't Uh, we cease to see reality uh, even in terms of that where it's like oh they watch one Steeler game a week they watch sports all the time and somebody else or maybe it's you know three four or five hours a night and then you start saying wow you really are missing out on time with kids or friends or Mm -hmm. something that would be more beneficial Mm -hmm. so so this question LeBron James or Michael Jordan oh that's easy Michael Uh, there's no no doubt about it LeBron played longer he's more of a physical specimen but the 90s, uh, people were able to hand check, hold, uh, file, destroy people. No one can touch people outside now, so it's way easier. Okay. Um, now, that made me sound really old, but uh, on a whole, actually, basketball's better, and I would say the Golden State Warriors are better than the Bulls of that era. So, so there, for the, for the millennials among us, that was uh, my, my tip of the hat to the, to the uh, it's actually getting better, not worse. Uh, I see homeless people on the streets asking for money at stoplights where I work downtown. The same people are there day after day. I want to be helpful, but I think giving them money at the, t- at the stoplight clearly isn't helping any of them. What should I do instead?
1: I think the mere fact that you ask the question, what should I do, is is a God thing tugging at your heart. Not everybody sees the homeless. So if you, if you feel, and you're asking that question, that is part of you that God is saying, I want you to do something. And it, Jesus did say, the poor will always be with you. And he also said, when you feed the poor. I, I'm i aware of two women that, one, it was just a habit to buy gift cards, McDonald's gift cards, and maybe five, I don't know if that would be appropriate today, or $10. But she knew that she would come to the corner in, in, in town and that there would be homeless people. And they didn't necessarily approach her car, although I often wondered if they saw her coming. But she said that she would just put down the window and hand them out, and she had a need to do that. She could not see homeless people. And I think sometimes we think homeless people have a choice. I believe that there are people who just have lost everything or cannot function, and they end up homeless. Jesus said, they'll always be with you. And then I knew. Uh, I know of another woman who. Her thing was to go with her husband and hand out, little hygiene bags. It wasn't necessarily food, but she said if I was on the street, homeless, toothbrush, Kleenex, um, hand wipes, and she she would go to the dollar store and fill these baggies, and she would go down. I don't know how often, once a week, but I think if if that is something that bothers you or is calling to you, you. You, again, you go to God and say, "What can I do to be creative here?" Whereas other people would say, "You know, I, I, ha- I don't. That's not something that bothers me." But I think it's a, it's something that we can all address. Whether it's someone on the corner, um, someone in your neighborhood, a meal. It, it, there are a lot of homeless, meaning that they have a house but they they don't have a family. So I think all of those things. Whereas, we where, find out where God's calling you and say. Uh, We are to visit, you know, in prison Mm -hmm. or give clothes or to feed. Whatever that area is, do it.
0: Right. There are a couple dangers, I think, in this. One is every time we see a need, feeling as if it's our calling to fix it.
1: Well, that's true.
0: And and the other is becoming so um, uh, kind of inoculated against it that we don't see the needs or aren't moved by them and say none of them are my job. Uh, because I'm you know there's other ways that these are being addressed and so I think either one of those can become um, difficult uh, in terms of our own heart response either I never have a responsibility or every one of these Mm -hmm. is my responsibility so so I do think there's a discernment a prayer component an openness to saying God if if you want me to to interact to uh, do something to give something to fix something to step in somewhere where can I do that in a way that that honors people, uh, honors their dignity, and at the same time doesn't uh, thwart uh, responsibility or them uh, getting some longer term help. I know one of the things we do at Orchard Hill is we support Light of Life, which uh, does a lot of care for Mm -hmm. homeless in our city. And part of the reason for that is, is it really addresses more of a systemic issue of saying, how can we get you out of the cycle, not just give you what you need today, mm-hmm. but, but get you into a place where, where you aren't in this much acute need. And so one of the things that, that I've done at least is point people to that resource and Mm -hmm. just say this is a great resource especially if you go to a game downtown uh, or something uh, it's right around the corner Mm -hmm. you can just say right over here people will take care of you and you know that they'll address it in Mm -hmm. in ways so it's a way to also say here's another resource that I'm aware of that you're not here on your own I realize that doesn't feel caring to some people in the moment but if it really does provide a pathway out uh for somebody it might be the most caring thing uh that, that we can offer
1: well and i think to to address what you said to pray i don't mm-hmm. i don't have i'm one of those people you know you might say i'm one of those people that doesn't really have a heart and i should whether it is to clothe or to give to light a life or to uh, volunteer a soup kitchen or like i said your neighbor i think i think we just think it's being taken care of and i don't have a heart for it and maybe what you're doing Is what God wants you to be doing, but to to address, what am I doing, Lord?
0: Yeah. So uh, we have just a couple moments left. Um, What's God been been teaching you in general in this last season of your life?
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Um, It is. What did we hear last week? Do the hard thing first, and the easy comes later. And I remember. Uh, just trying to figure out scriptures and th- wanting what God wants and now at this point in my life finding that um, there's so much more of God that it's a sweet time to share with the next generation uh, mentoring just seeing that um, life is short and God is good and <laughs> this a goofy old saying but but it truly really is where I am I just I'm so grateful for serving in the church I'm grateful for Um, not worrying about the things I worried about in the past but really what can I do to magnify God to the people around me and I'm just amazed at the thirst people will Mm -hmm. tell you the opposite in the news that people are apathetic or not concerned about God but you can just see people's faces light up when they find the truth and especially in Orchard Hill Butler where where I am where people are saying I had no idea Hmm. that God was a God of joy, one woman said, I didn't know hmm. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were one. Hmm. I mean, just just um, being able to be part of that joy is is, is so sweet. That's
0: great. And what uh, is, are you looking forward to this fall in Butler, especially around women's ministries oh, and I, some I, of those things?
1: I, I do. I love women in studies. We have life groups. Uh, we have activities that we're always planning for social. Women are always saying, i had no idea other women were going through this that's what we do when we get together and uh especially you know older women who are finding the lord leading their daughters granddaughters to say it's not what you do it's what christ did for you and i truly mean that i mean they are finding this out for the first time so when we get together there's always a lot of laughter um, and then just joy in opening the scriptures for the first time whether it's through a life group or a bible study or going to coffee um, hopefully a retreat in the in the near future
0: fantastic and and obviously uh, people can find out about specifically what's going on on the orchard hill Mm -hmm. website follow the butler link for butler obviously things are happening as well in the strip district wexford lots of opportunities wherever you're listening uh, here today so okay thank you and uh, thank you for spending part of your day uh, around this content and have a great week